Welcome to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. We are a collective whose mission is to bring hope and dignity through dance. We believe art shapes culture and want to steward our gifts with wisdom and excellence to point people to Jesus. From hosting festivals and live performances to producing multimedia content to serving internationally, we seek to foster community among dance artists. We'd love to meet you and connect on our social media platforms at Bluebird Uncaged. But until then, enjoy today's episode. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. We are in the middle of a series of just interviewing different Jesus-following dancers and having them share their story of dance and faith. And today I am talking to Jane Curley. And if there was a word to describe Jane, I think it would be gentle. Um, she is a beautiful woman inside and out. She's been dancing with Bluebird for about a year, and I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. So enjoy. So Jane, just to start off, have you ever had any embarrassing moments on stage? <laughs> um, I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Have I had any embarrassing moments? I feel like I have not had too many like personally embarrassing moments, <laughs> thankfully. But I have been a part of an embarrassing oh, no. moment with somebody else. Um, actually, when I was in, I think it was like fourth grade, so I was really young. It was one of my first like big girl performances and my partner we were village children we were just supposed to act in the background like roam about the stage and actually the girl who's my partner started going to the bathroom on stage and it was so like I looked over and I didn't know what was happening and then I like saw what was happening and I didn't know what to do because we're on stage we're acting and I like was just staring at her and it was it was it was really bad and I felt so bad for her and then afterwards like all of my friends were of course asking me like what happened like what was going on and I yeah it was it was Aww, very embarrassing that's so sad yeah but that was not me so it wasn't that bad for me. well hopefully you're able to encourage her yes yeah afterwards <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. cool so you're originally from Alabama yes right and how like why did you start dancing or what got you into ballet um Really, my older sister, my older sister started dancing, and my older sister's 10 years older, so by the time I started dancing, I started dancing at 6. She was 16, so she had already been dancing for a long time, um, and so she did ballet, and my mom put me in ballet classes at the same school that my sister was going to, and so we kind of overlapped, like we danced at the same school Aww. for a couple of years before she graduated, so that's why I started dancing. Cool. Yeah. And then did you like always want to do it professionally, or did you just... Definitely not. <laughs> I feel like I'm like the least professional dancer, <laughs> professional dancer that there is. Like I just kind of fell into it. Like I started dancing. I really enjoyed it, obviously, because I kept doing it and I danced. Like I trained pretty seriously in high school, but it was always kind of that thing where I assumed that after I graduated high school, like. I would be done. Mm -hmm. I would stop. I would go to college. I would forget about dance. Um, and so I never really assumed that I would be a professional dancer. It more just happened right. <laughs> more than anything. Well, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So what do you think Like, was the turning point? Like, How did God show you that you wanted? You I think it was 
either like the end of my junior year or the beginning of senior year when obviously you're like, what am I going to do with my life and what am I going to pursue? And I started looking into colleges and I was looking at what I would study in college and I just couldn't find anything (laughs) that I was like, oh, I want to pursue that. And I know a lot of people go in with like undecided majors, but I felt like I needed to have a plan (laughs) before I just went to college. And so I was looking and I was looking at stuff like missions or Bible or stuff like that. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go to college for this. Like, I love it. And Mm -hmm. I love learning about stuff like that. But I don't necessarily need a degree in this. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll dance. And then I started talking to one of my teachers who was kind of suggesting to me, like, well, if you're going to dance, maybe you should at least just audition for some companies because you don't have to get a degree in dance to dance. So, Mm -hmm. you know, really want to pursue it. And so I feel like that's when I started looking into companies. I'm like, oh, you can actually do this you know, yeah. outside of high school and yes. <laughs> pursue it. So that's kind of how I... So how many started. places did you audit? Like, what was your audition process So like? it's actually... <laughs> again, I feel like I'm the least, like, <laughs> professional experience here. But <laughs> I was not planning on auditioning for Ballerina Epcot. That was actually probably at the bottom of my list. <laughs> why? But like, any particular reason? Why I was at the bottom? I felt like it was a really big company, and I just felt like... I. I didn't think I would get in. I had some friends who had auditioned there before and didn't get in, and I thought they were amazing dancers. And so I was like, I'm not getting in there. Like, it's a huge company. So, but my teacher in high school was a company member there. And so she was like, well, no, you at least have to send in your video. You at least have to send in a video and just see what happens. So they were actually the first place, because I think their deadline probably yeah, their deadline's was really like early. really early. So I recorded my video, and... or. I think I recorded half my video. I recorded like half of I bar and like part of center or something. And we were going to record the other half later. And then my teacher at the time was pregnant and had her baby. And so it was like this awkward, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, should I just go in and record the second half of my video and send it in? And I was like, well, I don't even want to go to this company anyway, so I'm not going to finish it. And then she basically like talked to them and I didn't have to send in my video because it was late and. They just were like, okay, she can just come audition. So I went to audition. The audition went horrible. It, <laughs> in Mississippi. In Mississippi, yes. It. I felt like I just bombed it. I really did just <laughs> bomb it. <laughs> and then I was like, whoa, glad that's out of the way. Now let me move on to other places that I might want to go. And then I got, a couple weeks later, an acceptance letter into their training program. And I was like, what? Ugh, what? <laughs> so then I felt like all of those things, I felt like God was very clearly mm-hmm. showing me like, this is where you're supposed to be. You literally did not try. <laughs> you bombed your audition and you still got in. Like, maybe you should listen to me yeah. and actually, actually go there. So cool. So how long were you at Valley Mag? I was there for two years. Yeah. I was there for two years. Then what happened after that? I then moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and I was a company artist with Magnum Opus for their first two seasons. Cool. Yeah, yeah. and we talked to Abigail. Yes. A few episodes yeah. Ago. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually how I met Jane, and we were both at the New England Inspirational Dance Collective, mm-hmm. and we were both Magnum Opus and Bluebird were dancing together. Mm-hmm. So that's how we met. Okay, so but but we're in, we're in Georgia now. So she was in Madison, Wisconsin for two seasons, uh-huh. and then how'd you get back down to this side of the country? <laughs> yeah, so I 
while I was in Madison, I'm going to try and convince this because I know it's kind of confusing. <laughs> while I was in Madison, my family is still in Birmingham. And so when I was home for the summer, I met Tyler, who's now my husband. And we started dating long distance while he was in Birmingham and I was in Wisconsin. Well. <laughs> yes. That's why it's like kind of confusing because yeah. there's all these states involved in this. <laughs> then we dated long distance. We got engaged long distance. Whoa. Well, I mean, in person, but <laughs> we, we were engaged. This was distance. before the pandemic. We yes, didn't yes, have yes, any yes, yes. Zoom engagement. <laughs> yeah, no. No Zoom. Zoom was not even a thing. And so then we were, my Tyler is a pastor and he was looking for a church to um, get a job at. And so it just was looking like he was in, he was about to start a new season of life and I was dancing, but I kind of didn't know like what my next step was. And I just decided, you know, like I'm just going to move wherever he moves. We're going to get married and I'll just follow him. And so he got a position here in Woodstock, Georgia. And I just followed him here. (laughs) Yeah. And then she contacted me. Yes. And I was like, yay. (laughs) Yeah, we We met back up in Georgia. Yeah. In New Hampshire. I know, in New Hampshire. Yeah. We just have a... Yes. We've been all over the country (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So how, like, just tell us a little bit about your Jesus journey. And how, (laughs) when did Jesus become real to you? And then how did you see your faith and dance intersect? Mm -hmm. So my dad is actually a pastor, and so I grew up in a Christian home, like a very Christian home, because <laughs> obviously. Um, and so I don't have like necessarily a drastic like, oh, I was a horrible person, and then all of a sudden I met Jesus and my life changed. It was, I guess, more subtle than that. Um, but in high school, actually, when I was dancing at Briarwood, um, I was accepted into their pre-professional company. And I was 14, and all of the girls in the class were older than me and, like, all seniors. And so I was this little 14-year-old, like, did not know what I was doing. And, of course, um, so that's a Christian ballet school. Mm-hmm. Their professional company does a lot of outreach things, you know, a lot of Christian performances and prayers and worship and all that stuff. So once I was <clears throat> in that company, um, it really became like, oh, this is more than just following my parents to church on Sunday or, you know, Bible study with my family during the week, you know, like I actually have to pursue this on my own, especially with all these seniors who are like (laughs) sold out for the Lord. I'm like, wait, what is this? What? I don't understand. Like, I thought this was just kind of like a duty type of thing. Like you just have to do this to obey your parents. And so that was really, I guess, the turning point of taking up my faith as my own and realizing it was more than just, um, like a check mark on a to-do list okay I did church and I'm good (laughs) so that's how that happened and then yeah as I mentioned Briarwood is a Christian school and so I always kind of grew up assuming that art and dance and faith are supposed to be combined that was just kind of a natural assumption for me which I'm really grateful for because I do know there are so many people who don't realize that you know those two things yeah those two things can come together and they can come together really beautifully so, again, it was one of those things where I don't know if there's a moment where I was like, oh, right. these two are connected because I feel like they just always were That's cool. connected in my mind. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Have you had any, like, powerful moments with Jesus, either on stage or off stage or on a mission trip or something? Yeah. I feel like um, I'm not a super 
outgoing person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if you were to ask me to just like go up to a stranger and be like, tell them about your faith, I'd be like, what? <laughs> no, I cannot do that. Whereas if you told me <clears throat> you're going to perform for a whole group of non-believing, mm-hmm. you know, people and you're going to do a super worshipful dance or whatever, I'd be like, okay, that's awesome. Like, let me, mm-hmm. give me that opportunity. And I would love that. And so I feel like dance, um, can kind of go beyond yeah. words. And um, and so there's a lot of things, I feel like, just in any kind of show where things that maybe I would want to pray over someone mm-hmm. or want to pray over myself or stuff with the company or whatever is going on in the show, you can do that so easily through movement and through dance. Yeah. A lot easier, at least for me, than <laughs> saying something right. to someone explicitly. So Right. Yeah. So what, tell us about the outreaches that you've been on. So Jane has actually been to Cuba as well. Yes, yeah. Um, we did not go at the same time, but I just think that that's super yeah. cool too. Yeah, Cuba is, yeah, that was definitely, honestly, like a highlight of my life, not mm-hmm. necessarily just dancing. Yes. It was just a highlight of my life because that was so fun. Um, so Cuba was awesome. And again, it like going to Cuba and dancing, like... I didn't speak Spanish and cannot clearly communicate with <laughs> Cubans. But dancing, I can communicate, you know, way clearer than mm-hmm. obviously if I was trying to muddle through a Spanish conversation. <laughs> so I feel like those outreach opportunities, especially in like foreign places or places that speak um, different languages, that's another really cool outreach opportunity where you don't have to necessarily be connecting with someone through words, but you can connect with them through performance yeah. so I really love outreach opportunities like that that's cool <laughs> yeah. yeah I really hope we get to do more of that we're yeah. waiting for COVID to go yes. away <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um so what do you wish you knew as a young dancer that you know now Ooh. <laughs> probably a lot of things I know <laughs> I think one thing would be to be okay with being different <laughs> because I think especially as a younger dancer you're so wrapped up in the ballet world or you're so wrapped up in the dance world especially if that's what you're pursuing and you know you want to do that after like high school and everything and so then once you graduate and you go to a company or you go to school or whatever and you're dancing and you're dancing a lot <laughs> and then you meet people who are not dancing and who are right. taking a more traditional route it's, it can be hard sometimes because it's like, oh, why do I, like, why does my life look so different from mm-hmm. yours? And so I think to just realize that your life is going to look different if you pursue a dance career yeah. from just like the average person. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to have your life look different because it's really unique opportunities that you're going to have, really cool opportunities you're going to get to have that a lot of people don't get to have, but it is going to be different. So right. It's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that the other day in that. I was thinking about the the things that I said no to in order mm-hmm. to say yeah. yes to dance. Yeah. And some people would be like, oh, you missed out on a lot mm-hmm. of things. But then I was I was actually thinking that I don't have any regrets. Yeah. And that I was exactly where God wanted me to be mm-hmm. at that time. And on the flip side of that too, like when you start to be like, oh, wait, I'm different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. It can become really isolating yeah. too. But that's just a lie that the enemy likes to tell you that you're alone and you're not alone which is part of the reason that we have bluebird in this podcast to like connect right jesus following dancers but um yeah know that you're not alone 
and try to make friends with people I would say outside of mm-hmm. the dance world too just because they can offer a different perspective yeah. on life definitely for sure <laughs> yes because <laughs> yeah. I think we get so stuck in the dance bubble sometimes mm-hmm. and yeah I think I noticed when I started getting friends maybe outside of dance mm-hmm. and when I was with my dance friends all we would talk about was ballet <laughs> and I was kind of like there's more to life <laughs> yeah. than ballet it's so true. yes yes so yeah and then I mean honestly now kind of on the other side of it like after I'm not dancing professionally anymore um there is stuff on the other side so now it's like I don't have that automatic conversation right you know starter with people it's like oh I have to find something else to talk about yeah. other than dance. so it is you do have to realize that there's more than <laughs> there's That's more cool. than dance so how was it like did did Tyler know anything about ballet before he met you or no so tell us how was that <laughs> he had never been to a ballet performance he didn't know anything about ballet I mean don't think he knew anything about ballet. <laughs> um, that was fun. That was fun. Um, he, I think, now has a lot of respect for ballet dancers because I think kind of like anyone who would not have a lot of knowledge of ballet other than just like, oh, you put on a tutu and right. you twirl around and you're pretty. <laughs> like, that's all it is. So I think after him, you know, dating me as I was in a company and like hearing all of the mm-hmm. long rehearsal days and the stress, you know, outside of class and the performances and okay, a performance day is going to be like 12 hours. <laughs> like you're basically living in the theater and all of that stuff. I think he now has like a lot of respect for ballet dancers and he now can see like, it's more than just pretty dancing and you know, pink tutus. Yeah. And, Do you and have any that. advice for, like helping someone who might be dating a non-dancer understand the world? Or... Um, I think take time to just explain to them, like just talk to them about it because mm-hmm. I think there can be, kind of like what we were mentioning earlier, there's kind of a lot of assumptions that yeah. like just everybody understands that, you know, when I'm in class, I, I'm working really hard and right. I'm having a really long day and so when I come home, I'm going to be really tired. Like, <laughs> I think... You just can't assume that people know that. Mm -hmm. So don't feel silly just, like, talking them through. No, this is actually what I do in a day. Like, this is what I'm working on. This is what a performance looks like. Mm -hmm. Like, take the time to talk them through that. And then once they start to understand it, and not, like, promising that they will, but if they start to understand (laughs) it, like, it'll be really rewarding to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, now you can understand. Like, this is why I love what I do. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, Do you have anything else? that you would like to tell? I don't think so. No. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jane. Yeah, thank you. Really fun. Yeah. You're so encouraging. Oh. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. For more information about Bluebird Uncaged, including tickets for upcoming performances, joining our online community, or how you can get involved in future Bluebird projects, visit our website at bluebirduncaged.com.